the State College Football Podcast with Vikas Walter and Nathan Grelick presents Episode 15, Cumberland Valley Review and Super Ultra Playoff Preview Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosselter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And we are ready to get into another week of football. But um, first, I, we just want to recognize, because we got so much to talk about on this episode, uh, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to two very important people. One is Shane Cole. He just received an offer from Moravian College, which is a D3 school, which means you can't get offers from them, but it's like a invitation to play for the football team type thing. So that's really cool, even though we're both pulling for him to go to Waitsburg. So. Uh, also, Jack Hurley ran at 97 miles per 94. hour or something okay. uh, in the outfield, posted so, by Keaton Ellis. So I just I just saw this literally about 10 seconds before we started. Um, it's He he posted a 94-mile-an-hour outfield outfielder velocity. So basically, he's thrown in to make the play oh, okay. 94 miles an hour, which is... A lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, you can't even run 94. Like, <laughs> no, you can't. Cheetos even come can't close. even run 94. Cheetos go about 60 miles an hour. But yeah, um, he he's going to Virginia Tech for baseball, and he throws a 94 mile an hour ball as an outfielder, which is hecka impressive, if I do say so myself. So All yeah, right. just a couple of interesting things to start our adventure today. Um, Moving on, as Nathan would say, but yes. I've also taken a saying. <laughs> we are going to get right into it with Picks Against the Spread because we have an absolutely loaded episode, and honestly, if we don't get stuff started soon, we're going to run really long. Just a little bit preview of this episode. We're going to do the finale of Picks Against the Spread. If I had more time, I would calculate our total Picks Against the Spread averages and stuff, but I'm too lazy to do that. Maybe we'll do that next week. And, and then, maybe we'll just post it on Twitter or something. Yes. So keep, keep an eye out. Um, during Picks Against the Spread, we're going to talk about North Allegheny and Pine Richland. Then we're going to move into State College, Cumberland Valley. And then we're going to preview Mifflin County again and <laughs> see what happens there. Uh, and then we're going to do a score prediction and then our mega playoff preview with plenty of predictions and sound bites for the ages. So, and then predictions and plugs. So that's the main menu of this episode. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty average week, but in terms of layout, but certainly not average in terms of what games we're seeing. Some impressive scores out there. But we'll hop right into the action with Williamsport at Wyoming Valley West, which was favored by 13 points. They ended up winning 46-21. For some reason, I picked for Williamsport, and for some reason I haven't learned my lesson throughout this entire year, that Williamsport will always burn you. Williamsport is like my Mifflin County. You know how you always get Mifflin County wrong? Uh, yeah, but I didn't get it this week. <laughs> I always get Williamsport wrong. But the fact of the matter is they lost 46-21 to Wyoming Valley West. What Moving do you expect? On. <laughs> Moving on, we got the rivalry downtown east at Coatesville. Coatesville was favored by 18, and they won 42-7 to over a playoff team, and Downingtown East might have to play them again if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. So we'll see how that matchup turns out, but they just got blown out on the road, and it was ugly, and... We both picked the over, and we were both right. I think this. I think we probably said last week that this is about the easiest prediction for the day. Well, for the week last week, um, it it really was was not much of a choice for me. And Coatesville continues to prove themselves as the best of the best in Pennsylvania football. Rolling into mid pen, we got Chambersburg, who were twenty one point favorites at Carlisle. Carlisle played this one out, but Chambersburg pulled ahead late to go win 26-20, to and that seals the deal. They're a seventh seed in the District 3 playoffs. Nick smartly picked the under of a 21-point spread. I, probably more smartly, um, <laughs> picked a 20, <laughs> picked the over, and I should have been right, but I wasn't. So <laughs> I know Chambersburg is the better team. I've been high on Chambersburg lately, so they'll probably rebound from this. I would say. Uh, next, we've got another mid-pin matchup and big rivalry. Central Dauphin at Central Dauphin East. Central Dauphin was favored by 16 points. Both Nathan and I picked the over. Um, I think we were definitely impressed with them. Even in their loss to State College, they looked like a very solid team with a good defense and an established running game. 
and they did end up winning 37-12, so both Nathan and I were correct in that. Similar to uh, Coatesville, not much of a difficult decision there. All right, now we get into the fun matchup. For those of you who don't know, um, I have had a fair share of difficulty with Mifflin County and how they messed me up in my spreads. West Perry were 10-point favorites, and we both said under and win. And this game took a lot of drama, um, and Mifflin County pulled it out 28-27. West Perry scored a touchdown to tie late in the fourth quarter, and then they and went for two. We mean really late, as <laughs> yes. in there were zero seconds on the clock. Well, when almost they were, zero seconds. Almost yes. <laughs> zero. When they, when they were... They ended up going for two. Tell them how that went. It didn't go very well. They didn't get it. Mifflin County stonewalled them, and it was a win for the Huskies, and they will share um, the Mid-Pen Trophy of the Colonial Division. So congratulations to Mifflin County. You're not good enough to get in the Commonwealth. All right. And, Nathan, why don't you take the next one? I will. Mannheim Township at Hempfield. They were 14-point favorites and they won by 35 so both of us picked the under because we assumed Hemfield was going to be playing for playoff aspirations and they were and they still got blown out and they still made the playoffs so but Hemfield will face Harrisburg week one in the playoffs and Mannheim Township will face uh Chambersburg so yeah that'll be an interesting game for sure Hemfield and Chambersburg I'm looking forward to that honestly um, next, we've got a, oh, this is the fun one. <laughs> a really interesting mid-pen matchup. And for some reason, this is a rivalry game, quote-unquote, because it's in rivalry week. How is this week. a rivalry game? Well, I don't know, but it's scheduled in the rivalry slot. It could be just because Harrisburg doesn't really have any huge rivals in the mid-pen. And Altoona yeah. just joined the mid-pen, so... But anyways, um, basically, Harrisburg favored by 40 points at Altoona. And I know both. I I had a little bit of qualms about picking over, just because a forty point spread is like, frankly ridiculous. But Nathan persuaded me. Both of us picked the over, and we are very correct. Harrisburg won fifty two to three, so they got thrashed by Harrisburg. Yes. <laughs> well, they won by forty nine points, so the spread wasn't that outlandish because they surpassed it. Uh, next up, Parkland and Emmaus, two playoff teams. Once again, Emmaus beat them 35-31. to Parkland showing a little bit more fight. I picked the over on Emmaus. I'm really high on Emmaus lately, but Nick picked the under, and he was correct. Next up, we got Archbishop Bryan and St. Joseph's. And St. Joseph's didn't blow a team out. They only won by 21. That's the least amount the whole year. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, that this is definitely a surprise. Um, I think if we were gonna pick one game on St. Joseph's schedule that they were gonna win by less than you know thirty points or so, it probably wouldn't be Archbishop Ryan. I don't know. That's just me. What do you think? I think they're a pretty good team. They just uh, they're not in six A. So, but you you look at the Catholic schools. There's not a huge difference between Catholic schools and between A's because they all recruit the same players and. You can only recruit 22 players, so... Moving on, we got Iria McDowell. Winner of this game will face Taylor Alderdis in the playoffs, I believe. And McDowell won that game by 7. They were 9-point favorites. We both picked Erie with the under and win, unsmartly, I would say. <laughs> um, he's mouthing something at me. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we both... Didn't pick that one right, but hopefully we'll face McDowell later in the year. Taylor Alderdis is not a very good team. I think they should win this that one next week pretty easily. So, All right, finally, we've got the thick one. Nathan, <laughs> I was sitting in a Sheets parking lot right near Cumberland Valley. I was also sitting in a Sheets parking lot, but it was the one um when you, after you drive through Harrisburg. So we oh, both yeah. had sheets calling each other from different sheets. Yeah, so I'm sitting the there I'm sitting there at sheets <laughs> eating a spicy chicken biscuit at like midnight because I was really hungry and hadn't eaten anything all day. And I'm just sitting there trying to enjoy my hot dinner in peace after staying out in the rain for like three hours. And Nathan calls me up and I'm like, Well what the heck could this be about? I mean, what could he possibly need to stop need to call me? about at this time of night after we literally just saw each other at the field 
And he had some surprising and wonderful news that... Nah, wonder, I'd, okay. Wonderful's kind of a stretch. Well, <laughs> If you don't like Pine Ridge Slend, I see your reason. Well, you said that you hate... Didn't, didn't you go on this huge rant about how much you hated Pine Ridge Slend in one of the early episodes? Uh, I don't know if this is good for us, though. <laughs> yeah, but at least we saw Pine Ridge Slend get blown out. As we're insinuating, Pine Ridge Slend, who was favored by six points at North Allegheny, got, quote-unquote, blown out. They didn't really get blown out. There was tied 7-7 seven to seven yeah. going into the fourth quarter. And that's why I say quote-unquote. And also, winning by 21 isn't really... Or, yeah, 20 isn't really that much of a blowout. But for Pine Richland, it might as well be. So they lose 27-7, as we said. Um, th- this is a really interesting matchup. And Nathan somehow got this right, which is probably one of the reasons why you're so excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> I finally picked an under and win that actually meant something. It wasn't like Greencastle Antrim in Mifflin County or something. It was actually a game that was important. But this was the highlight of the week in Pennsylvania high school football, I think. Uh, Pine Richland were heavy favorites going into the season. They're heavy favorites going into the playoffs. And this game is just like, nope. <laughs> and North, North Allegheny... Turns out to be a very, very good football team. Um, they didn't play the same out of conference that Pine Richland did. Obviously, they didn't play IMG Academy. But North Allegheny really proven something late in the year uh, going into the playoffs. But at the same time, these two teams are almost definitely going to play each other again in the District 7 final at yeah. Heinz Field. And if there's a game that you want to go to in Pennsylvania high school football, that's the game. Because Pine Richland is going to come out very, very angry. And that with good reason, they're going to have to play Seneca Valley again, who only lost by two touchdowns. Seneca Valley could pose a real challenge to them in the finals, but they should take care of them real easy. But District 7 Heinz Field Championship, man, I would take the Rams all day. <laughs> and maybe we should see about trying to get to that game, depending on what State College's playoff situation looks like at that time. What do you think? Hopefully. Hopefully we got the time. <laughs> all right. So that would be super awesome if we could do that. I think we're definitely going to try to make it to some of the playoff games that aren't involved with state college i don't know at least i'm interested in doing that i think it'd be really cool you know but who knows you know it'd be amazing to see state college go all the way i think that's something we've been talking about from the beginning of the year i think it was like what episode two or three where we quoted zach betts we got the jam. We we got the team to play for the championship. We got yeah. We got, yeah. So it's it's really coming. It's really coming along nicely, and I don't think much has changed since then. I think our mindset, you know, is pretty much the same. It's going to be tough, but you know, we have a chance. So, just a little fact about North Allegheny. In the past eight years, they've won the Whipple three times, and two of the times they've won the Whipple, they've won the championship. So. They're the regular season Whitfield champs. If North Allegheny wins this, wins the Whitfield, there's a very solid chance they're winning it all. And I, if they beat Pine Richland by more than 15 points in the District 7 final, I'm going to be very scared to play them. Because they got, they got guys. They're a good team. Um, they're usually the class of the Whitfield. So, North Allegheny might be the team to beat right now, but... Pine Richland still a very good team, and that's going to be a very big matchup. That's going to be prime time on TV. I'll record it, I'm sure, if we don't go to it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. All right, next we're getting into the real game review, um, the one that you all have been waiting for. Despite the fact that it wasn't quite a marquee matchup as North Allegheny Pine Richland, it certainly means a lot to us. State College at Cumberland Valley. State College was favored by 23 points. Um, they ended up winning 16-13, to 13, and I correctly predicted the under for that game. And I picked the over. Because <laughs> I thought our offense did score a lot of points, but turns out they didn't. Uh, well, I gotta say, though, I'm, you know what? We'll get into this in depth. Let's, let's, let's start out with, with your observations, Nathan. Alright, wanna... so we started out the game. We had a four-play touchdown drive, and we're all thinking... Wow, this is looking nice. Uh, Drayson Green broke one in the middle of that that drive to uh, 
a 40-plus yard run, and they punched it in. It was 6-0 after a missed field goal, a little bit of slip by Cam Renfrew, but he would make it up later. Uh, the conditions were very poor for this game. Grass field. That is an understatement. <laughs> Grass field, it was cold, it was wet, there was a wind chill of in below 32, I would say, although Siri said it was like 44 degrees. I was like... Siri, you're full of it because it's not 44 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it was it was raining pretty hard for pretty much the entire first quarter. It slowed down in the second and third quarter, thankfully, but it was still brutal cold. And then by the time we got to the last couple minutes of the game, it picked up raining again. It was honestly a pretty miserable game, but you know it still had that kind of charming miserableness to it that you get in late season football in Pennsylvania, which I appreciated personally. I think the score certainly reflected that. You know, the whole game was tough, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch, but it's not exactly the most fun to actually be at. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think Cumberland Valley's offensive game plan was? <laughs> Man, <laughs> It this might is... have been the same game plan that nine other teams have had this year. <laughs> Only they did it a whole lot more. Uh, it was run the football. And they did it a lot and often. Um, Jake Hart and Maximus Maximus Delano um, <laughs> goes by Max. Uh, really <laughs> ran the ball really well. And that wing T offense, when you strip away the pass, it's just the triple option really. And they're they're they were running it on a whole different, a wide variety of looks. Talk to Nathan Lusk. He's like, yeah, we. It was really difficult to predict what they were going to do coming out of that backfield, like unlike a lot of other teams. Um, and you saw that on their first drive. They scored and tied it up 6-6. Um, After, didn't, did they go for it on two, or did they miss the field goal? I believe they went for two, right? I do not remember. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure they missed the field goal. Or missed the extra point. Yeah. And that would be the only scoring for the whole first quarter. A couple punts later. Um, the first quarter was just... The conditions were so miserable. Like, there wasn't a ton either team could really do. Um, both on the ground and in the air especially. Uh, both teams have really stellar secondaries. So, uh, especially Cumberland Valley. Passing against Cumberland Valley was very difficult. Uh, but late in the second quarter... Well, yes. I'd like to say... Our secondary was not tested. I think our secondary is more talented than Cumberland Valley's, yes. but it didn't show up as much because Cumberland Valley did not throw passes during that game. So. And I think uh, opposing team's coaches are just looking at Keaton Ellison the saying, uh, we're not even going to test him. We're not even going to throw the ball. Um, and if your team definitely has lesser talent than Cumberland Valley does, then there, yeah, I can see why you're doing that. Um, but if you're a team like Pine Richland or North Allegheny or St. Joe's, you're going to chuck the ball all over the place, really, because you don't care because you got four stars on your side of the ball, too. And we haven't faced a team like that all year. So, except for Harrisburg, of course. <laughs> uh, Harrisburg didn't really throw the ball that often, so Ken Everson kind of made it happen with his feet. Which but, makes sense yeah. considering the fact that he's going to Army. He should be very comfortable with their scheme then considering the fact that Army does not throw the ball either, uh, which is admirable and interesting in the 21st century. Uh, late in the second quarter, Jeremy Bullock caught a 13-yard pass on third and three for a touchdown. The extra point was good, which made it 13-6. to six. And, and I think yes. this might have been my favorite play of the game. Well, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. We'll get to, we'll get to that at the end. But, but this was... Honestly, this was really nice to see because we've been talking for so long, like probably since, you know, week one or week two in this podcast about how much we wanted to see Jeremy Bullock get involved in the passing game because he's such a mismatch with some of these uh, coverage guys, you know, with his height. And if he could really catch the ball, you know, and have that control that we're looking for, he'd be so good. You know, he's a great blocker, but really it was this game where we saw him show legitimate skill in the passing game. You know, he, he's caught some here and there in the last couple of weeks, but it hasn't really been anything amazing. This one was honestly probably a little too high, and he went way up at high point of that ball, came down with it, broke a tackle or two, and pulled his way in the end zone. I mean, just what you want to see from a tight end. 
So that that was that was really good to see. Yeah, and that touchdown really was the end of the half. Um, we were driving late, but it came up with the Tommy Freiberg interception with the last play of the half, uh, which hurt his QB rating a little bit, but didn't impact the game. And, and then in the third quarter, defense stepped up. Uh, up. They forced them to a punt out of bounds with a Nathan Lusk sack um, that forced a punt. And then afterward, on the following drive of Cumberland Valley, near the end of the third quarter, um, there was a multi-yard pass to Stone Huffman who was, that was stripped by Keaton Ellis, picked up by Jeremy Thompson, and led to a 16-6 lead when Cam Renfrew kicked the field goal following the fumble. So, and I gotta say, he drilled that field goal. I mean, it, it was, what, like a 30-yarder? Yeah, but it would have been good 40-plus. So. Oh, yeah, he, he destroyed the ball. It, it was actually very impressive. I mean, it was straight on in... Might have even been above the posts when it crossed. That would have been yes. fun to see farther out, but I don't think we would have done that. So, that field goal really cemented the win. However, it was basically the last play of the third quarter that they kicked that field goal. Um, fourth quarter was two drives. One drive for Cumberland Valley, one drive for State College. The one drive for Cumberland Valley ended with a touchdown to make it 16-13. to They drove down the field because they absolutely had to to have a chance, but following drive, last drive of the game, State High offense stepped up for basically the first time in the game beside the two touchdowns, and they stormed on the field, Jason Green with a long 40-yard-plus 40, 40 run um, to seal the deal. There was a lot of uh, words being exchanged, I would say, yeah, that... between teams on that last drive, and it was great to just uh, seal it with that long run. Yeah, when Nathan says that there were words exchanged, unfortunately that's a bit of an understatement. Um, I don't think that we should get into details but uh, we'll just leave it at the fact that one of the Cumberland Valley players in particular said some pretty disgusting things for, I mean, honestly, just unbelievable in, in this day and age, you know, honestly unacceptable in any time in history. But, um, and it was great because on the very next play, uh, Keaton Ellis comes around the corner. Th this guy that, that had said these choice words was um, a coverage guy, you know, he was a, was he a cornerback or a safety? I believe he was he's a corner. A, he's a safety. Okay. Well. Very tall person. Yeah, he's really tall. <laughs> so Keaton Ellis comes around the outside and puts his hands on this guy and just throws him right in the ground. And then Dre Green comes around, runs basically right over top of him. Um, and that, that was that 40 yard rush. And I got to say, after, after that little tussle before the play, when I said that Jeremy Bullocks was touchdown was my favorite play of the game and then recanted it was because of this play it was amazing to watch our sideline got so fired up and honestly that's what sealed the deal like and Nathan I, said I, I can totally wish they started uh, uh, mudslinging in the first quarter though because that play was really hyped up the the offense and it's, it was too bad because the game was over after that long run but the offense was kind of sleeping through this game beside two drives um, controlling the ball was off and on. We controlled the clock until the fourth quarter, I would say, and then we kind of it got out of hand. But uh, I, I kind of just wish the offense would have probably came in a little bit more prepared, I would say. Um, but in the end, it, they come up big with that long run. So one question I have for you, Nick. Does this game give doubt or confidence heading into the playoffs or state college? Hmm. You know, I, I got to say confidence because I think it's good to get, and I, I've talked about this for pretty much the whole podcast. You know, I mentioned it with the St. Augustine game especially. I really like it when you get a game that isn't pretty, that isn't necessarily as much of a blowout as you like it to be. And you're able to make the big plays to make it work. You know what I mean? We were able to make the plays on defense and on offense and on special teams and all sides of the ball. When we need it most, we were able to get the win. And I think that's a big confidence booster 
and it's also a bit of a rude awakening and maybe will drive better preparation heading into the playoff game. Um, now that might be a race going into Mifflin County because I know a lot of our players um, from seeing certain comments from certain people are especially confident going into this game to the point of being maybe a little too cocky uh, against Mifflin County, but I think that was mitigated a little bit by last week. At least I hope it was. Yeah, you always want to have at least one game in the year where you're playing a lesser team and you kind of struggle for a little bit, but you pull it out and you get a gritty win. And we didn't, and we hadn't seen that all year. We just dominated all year except for the Harrisburg game. And St. Augustine, I think, was of equal talent. So that's not really a, a game where you'd say, oh, they, they, they should have creamed them by 30 plus points. Like, no, that was a, a real test. This, this Cumberland Valley at least how they're structured right now. This game should not have been this close. But because it was this close and your, the team still responded so well and kept their composure and went out and won um, on those last three drives, really, uh, it, it gives you more confidence because you've had that experience and you didn't have that experience. I guess you had that experience with Central Dolphin, but Central Dolphin's m more, more skilled than... Uh, Cumberland Valley is uh, Central Dolphin beat this team by a lot so I, I, yeah it just gives you a ton of confidence heading into the playoffs that hey if we if we ever get into a close game like we did uh, against Cumberland Valley with say a team like McDowell we're not going to crumble because we know that we, we have the guts to pull it out yeah uh, that's, that's really the takeaway from this game uh, just good hard effort in tough weather not enjoyable game, um, but just it worked. That's the fact. Of the, the fact of the matter is that it worked. We played well. We won, and that's the end of that. All right, let's go into this Mifflin County preview again. Although it's not again because we didn't have a Mifflin County preview podcast. We had a Mifflin County review podcast. So I guess we're previewing this team for the first time. <laughs> but it feels like we've t I've talked about this team forever because I had a preview article for it and, and made a lot of hype videos and did a lot of research because it was the first game of the year and we ended up it ended, yeah, it ended up not even being a game but this game is going to be a blackout which I guess is <laughs> because of the first game we had against them was a whiteout so um, coming full circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we were handed uh, Mifflin County their first loss of the year they would lose oh, they would go 0-4 their first four and then they'd finish 6-0. and And you can really tell who they're playing because uh, they played State College Holidaysburg and Northeastern in the first three games. And Holidaysburg came into the year confident, so I don't blame them for that loss, although they kind of regressed throughout the year. State College, don't blame them for that loss. It should have been way more. Northeastern, don't blame them for that loss. They're basically a playoff team. They finished just out of the playoff race in the... In District 3. So, I don't blame them for those three losses. Northern York, a pretty good 5A team. But, the rest of their wins aren't against very good teams. And most of them are 4A and 5A team in the Mid-Pen Colonial. So, I don't know how to judge this team, really. Uh, I guess, because you've played them once, it's less of a game, I would say. And, I'll trust them on that one. Yeah, Mifflin County is definitely looking a lot more impressive than we've seen, uh, especially at the beginning of the year. I don't think many people would have even expected them to have a winning record this year, um, but they, they've definitely made some clutch some clutch games. Uh, their last game, as Nathan explained earlier, was won after they came up with a big last-second stop for the two-point conversion that would have handed them the loss. So um, they, they definitely have the momentum going into this game. And momentum's a big deal in high school football. So I, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, like you said, the teams that Mifflin County played are really, well, the teams that Mifflin County beat are not teams that would be competitive with us. And even most of their losses are to teams that would not be competitive to us. Yeah, they're a very similar team to when we played them. I think... The, Noah Wright's still their quarterback, and he's still really the only 
stellar player they have on the offensive side of the ball. They they do have very good a very good offensive line. They still have a very good defensive line. It's just the lack of those skilled players that we saw in week one. And they've emerged. There there has been some skilled players that have emerged that have helped them. Uh, Julian Jackson at wide receiver. Nathan Poche at running back. Uh, Poche or Poche or something. Spelled P-O-C-H-E. Poche, yeah. Poche probably. I don't know. Uh, he splits the carries with the Gage Shaver, who's a sophomore and is still really the offensive generator of their team. The classic Central Dolphin fullback, as we like to say. Uh, but he, he had a, a pretty good game against us, I would say. But... Again, they didn't score a lot of points in that game, and most of them they did were in garbage time. So, all of them were in garbage yes. time. We were up 35 nothing at the half. The game ended thirty five twelve. So the game was over at the end of the second half, if you remember correctly. I think Nathan made that exact comment in the review game. Um, but one thing to note is, as um, Nathan has said, they they in our last discussion of Mifflin County. They do have very good linebackers, and that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but really, I think it comes down to a lack of speed for Mifflin County. You know, They can be physical on the line, and they're big and tough, and you know they're, they're well-disciplined, um, probably more so than us at times, not to Cumberland Valley's level. But the fact of the matter is that they don't have the speed to really catch us in a lot of offensive plays. Yeah. And that's really going to be the difference in the game. Uh, I, their defense is not as good right now as when we first played them. They've been giving up 20-plus point games to 4A and 5A teams. Um, so it, it, their defense it has struggled uh, lately, although that um, last-second stop on the two-point conversion might give them a little bit of juice coming out of the gate. Uh, but their defense isn't as impressive as... We thought they were week one, and that might hurt them a lot. So, uh, what's your score prediction for this game? we got to move into our mega playoff preview pretty soon. <laughs> All right, so you want an actual two numbers. Two numbers because we stopped doing that spread thing. All right, I'm going to say State College 42, Mifflin County 14. I think that's a pretty reasonable I think that f- probably at least 35 of our points, just like we saw last game, are going to come in the first half. And I think they're going to score one touchdown in the first half and one touchdown in the second half. I'm going to go... For no reason, basically, right. but personal yeah. inclination. <laughs> I'm going to go in that classic, um, not Wheel of Fortune, what is that? The Price is Right version and say we win 43 <laughs> to um 21 i think the backup i think i could easily see them scoring three touchdowns in garbage time we could go up 35 nothing again and but i think our offensive backups are better than our defensive backups and mifflin county at least our offense has been has proven they can at least score 21 points in a game now so i'm gonna go 43 to 21 very reasonable prediction because yes. it's basically almost exactly the same as my prediction but we'll, we'll see it's going to be an interesting game like we said last week it's at memorial field so you should definitely make it out it's the first time in a while that we've had a playoff game in state college but really we're just looking at a nice evening for football hopefully hopefully it won't be raining and just relax enjoy some playoff football in state college on a friday night it's gonna be a good time Alright, now the fun begins. We have been waiting for this episode for a very long time so we can talk about teams other than State College. And we're going to talk about a lot of other teams than State College. And we're going to start off in District 1. We're going to go off our PIAA 6A bracket, which could be right, could be wrong. I did my best. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's right. (laughs) But if it's not right, we'll find out very soon. Um... So you can find this bracket. It's linked below. You can follow along with us. Um, so let's get it started. We're going to start off in District 1. Um, North Penn, the one seed, only by default because they scored more points this season than Coatesville and both teams were undefeated. 
So, North Penn, the number one seed against Ridley, the 16th seed. Are you going to go the uh, UMBC route and pick the 16 over the one? Absolutely not. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Definitely North Penn over Ridley. Um, this is... I When you have 16 teams, you can get... And you don't have a... like and They have like 25 teams in District 1, so this isn't... You're going to get teams that are 500 or below 500 in here. And Ridley's one of those teams, so I'm going to pick North Penn as well. All right, next we've got Nishimini versus Haverford. Do you know anything about either of these two teams? I don't. <laughs> All I know is they're an 8 and a 9 seed, so it's it's basically a 50-50. And <laughs> I'm going Haverford for the upset here. And I'm going Nishimini. 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 Or Nishamini. <laughs> someone knows. Someone out there that's listening. Someone out there that's listening to this is is face falling right now. I apologize. All right. Next, we have teams that we actually do know about a little bit. Downingtown West versus Upper Darby. Uh, Downingtown West has been impressive this season. Um, pulled out big win, especially against Downingtown East, their rivals, a couple weeks ago. Um, I've I've generally been impressed by them. I think they're a good football team, and the fact that they're a fourth seed doesn't surprise me. That's an easy pick for me in favor of Downingtown West. All right, I'm also going to go with Downingtown West for the exact reasons you've stated. They got a very good team there. They got a good good coaches there, so I could see them making a run, but not in my bracket. And we'll move on to the next game, and there's a reason for that. All right, next we've got Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman High School, and they're playing... I gotta get it up here. They're playing... Council Rock South. Council Rock South. So, here's my deal with Council Rock South. They have a three-star tight end that is committed to Virginia Tech on their team named Nick Gallo. Uh, Nick Gallo's brother, Eric Gallo, was the center for Virginia Tech, who also played for Council Rock South. He was center for Virginia Tech for three years. So, you know I gotta go with my boys over at Council Rock South to upset, to, um, upset Harry S. Truman, who is a below-average president. So, <laughs> Whoa, shots called. Alright, um, I, 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 I'm not convinced that a three-star tight end can make that much of a difference on a team. Um, and honestly, Harry S. Truman, yes, they're below average for their seed, they're a fifth seed, they probably shouldn't be, it's just because, as we said, District 1 has so many teams in here, but they, they, they've got the skill to beat Council Rock South, in my opinion. Yeah, Council Rock South made a little bit of a uh, streak in my bracket. I had them going to the District 1 final against Coatesville. That is unbelievable. That <laughs> so, is absolutely unbelievable. And I should have picked them more. 13th seed. Are you kidding me? Alright, let's move on. Uh, 12th seed. 12th. 12th seed. Alright, let's oh, move yes. on to Coatesville against CB East. Coatesville, I would say, if I were doing this, would definitely be the one seed just because they're definitely the best team in the state. Um, and of course you gotta pick Coatesville, so. Yeah, I think Coatesville is just, as we said earlier, they've been impressive all season. There hasn't been a time where I've thought, wow, Coatesville is really starting to drop in quality. I mean, they've really looked like a fantastic team right from the minute that they blew out Harrisburg in week one. So, Coatesville, easy decision there. Next, we've got Spring Ford and Downingtown East. Now, Downingtown East, the only reason they're this low is because they played Coatesville last week. And I say they're going to play Coatesville again in the playoffs. And I, Spring Ford didn't have to play Coatesville, so it seems like this is a relatively easy pick for me to go with East. Yeah, I, I honestly agree with you. Even though Spring Ford is a 7 seed and Downingtown East is a 10 seed. Um, I think East is going to be better prepared going into this game having played Coatesville. Um, obviously they lost. It wasn't like a ridiculous blowout or anything, but it was it was definitely a loss. Um, it was a blowout. 42-7. In any case, um, 
a, a loss like that is either going to drag you down really hard or it's going to prepare you better than anything else, as we saw against Harrisburg. And I have faith that Downingtown East is going to be able to do something productive with that loss and make something happen. All right, he's going with East as well. And let's move into the three seed versus the 14th seed. Garnet Valley is another undefeated team in District 1. And Pensbury is not undefeated. They're the 14th seed. Garnet Valley all the way. This is really a three-team race in 6A or in District 1 um, between Coatesville, Garnet Valley, and Council Rock South. So. Yeah, he, he I, didn't catch it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I did catch it. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Garnet Valley. I mean, it, they're I don't they're definitely not at the level of Coatesville. Um, I don't think they're even at the level of North Penn, but they should be able to beat Pensbury, and that that's not that shouldn't be too much to ask of a team that does have a decent enough record. Um, so next we've got Perkiomen Valley. Perkium. How do you say it? Perkyman? Perkyoman? Perkyoman? Perk Valley. Everybody just calls them Perk Valley. Yeah. And then they're playing Quaker Town. I don't know much about either team, so I picked Perk Valley. And I don't know much about either team, so I picked Quaker Town because I'm making an ignorant upset alert here. All right. So who did you have coming out victorious out of District 1? This is an easy, who did they beat? <laughs> easy decision. Um, Coatesville over Harrisburg. Well, out of District One, not out. Oh, of... excuse me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, we just, we just, no, uh, pick no. <laughs> we just, we just gave away the big surprise. Um, but in any case, Coatesville over North Penn. I have Coatesville over Council Rock South. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's move into District Three here. Uh, Harrisburg at or Hempfield is the eighth seed. They're playing Harrisburg. Hempfield just got um, blown out by somebody. I I can't remember the beginning of the <laughs> the beginning. Of, oh, they got blown out by Manheim Township. So it seems like a relatively easy pick for me. I'm gonna go with Harrisburg for sure. Yeah, Harrisburg has been very strong all season, uh, except for Coatesville, of course. But Hempfield. They're coming off a tough loss, and I think Harrisburg will be able to capitalize on that. They have serious momentum. They have serious athletes. Harrisburg all the way. All right, and next up, we got Red Lion, and you know who Red Lion is playing. I'm sorry, Wilson! (laughs) Wilson, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Wilson! Wilson! And after all that, all those times we've played that clip, you know you gotta go with a Wilson Bulldogs, so uh, <laughs> go Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Will, Wilson is honestly a, a fan favorite, and by a fan I mean my dad likes the joke. So um, he was actually annoyed with me that I tried to stop Nathan from playing the Wilson joke last week. So my apologies to all the people that enjoy the Wilson joke. Um, I will never try to stop it again. It is a wonderful thing. So yes, Wilson is a good team. Um, They've competed with some of the better teams in their schedule and have come out better than we expected, I think. They were kind of unknown to us at the beginning of the year, but they've they've definitely played up to their expectations. Yeah, Wilson has that Manheim Township upset that can really scare you. Uh, I think this is definitely a win. And then I, Harrisburg, if Harrisburg comes unprepared for that game after, that could de- also possibly be an upset because Wilson Wilson has shown that they've they can upset other teams like that before so I would not be surprised if they did it again all right let's move on to that Mountain Township game they're playing Chambersburg and that game against Wilson really has given me inspiration because I'm going with Chambersburg I'm going with their high-powered offense I'm going with the upset uh, I'm just not that high on Mountain Township this year so taking them I don't, I don't like how Chambersburg played last week against Carlisle. Um, I'm not impressed by their win. Even though I did pick the under for them, even though I expected them to do worse than expected, I didn't quite expect them to do that much worse. And to only win for over the 
to only win by six points but over Carlisle. But I mean, Carlisle. we only won by three points against Cumberland Valley. So, like, it could have been yeah, that I think that Cum- rivalry game. It's that's a deep, deep rivalry. So, that could have just been a rivalry game on a on an ugly night. Uh, Chambersburg offense. It could have just been an off night. So it, you could use the same excuses you used for State College for Chambersburg, and they pulled out the win. So that is true. That is true. But despite all those things, I still cannot take Chambersburg over Mannheim Township. That's all just right. the way it is. I will agree to disagree. All right. Next up, we got Central Dolphin at Central York. And I think we both picked Central Dolphin on this one. Yeah. Uh, there are just too much unknowns with Central York. And Central Dolphin just coming into that game uh, really ready for a deep playoff run. Uh, they're looking at Harrisburg ahead on their schedule, hopefully. They're, they're trying to get in that District 3 final. And I don't blame them. They didn't lose by that much to Harrisburg uh, throughout the season. So, And then who did you have coming out victorious out of the District 3? You kind of said it earlier. Yeah, I, I did. Harrisburg all the way. And who did they beat in the District 3 final? Central Dolphin. I have the exact same thing. Uh, I think Wilson could give Harrisburg a game in round two, but it I, th- I think they'll pull out that win. All right, let's move into District 11 on the other side of the bracket. These are teams that actually affect State College. Um, we got first off, we got two sound bites. The first one is uh, for a team called Freedom, and you know we just couldn't pass it up. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> it's an opportunity that was ripe for the taking, and we just snatched it. And the team they're playing. Liberty, 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 Liberty. <laughs> I thought it was their name, and I was like, I gotta put that in there. So, Freedom <laughs> is against Liberty, the eighth seed. I'm definitely taking Freedom because beside Emmaus uh, and Parkland in this <laughs> in this um, thing, I I don't think there are many good teams. Um, in District 11. So I'm taking Freedom in this game easy. Yep. Uh, for all the same reasons as you, Freedom has proven themselves during the season. Uh, Liberty is kind of one of those teams where you question really exactly why they're in the playoffs. I mean, they're an eighth seed. They're right on the border there. I don't think that they're in coming in this game prepared to take on number one. Even if they are, um, even if it's a close game, I don't see them being able to come out with the win. You see in District 11 and District 12 a lot where, like, just about every every team in the district makes playoffs, especially in District 12. District 12, there's only eight teams in District 12, and they all make the playoffs. So maybe that's why they all play six games. All right, (laughs) let's roll into Parkland and Stroudsburg. Parkland, I think, is one of those three good teams in District 11, and that's why I picked them. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's... Basically that. Um, Parkland is... This this is probably one of the questionable games here. I'm not quite as high on Parkland as you are. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm really definitely not high on Strasburg. So. Parkland with the win, but not, not really a convincing win for me. Alright, and then rolling down the two-seed Emmaus against Nazareth. Emmaus, again, one of those three teams. Picking Emmaus to go with that win. Yeah, I know Nathan's a fan of Emmaus. Uh, you picked them last week with the over against Parkland. Uh, they ended up only winning by f- four... Excuse me. Yes, only winning by four points. Um, but that that's definitely a good sign for Emmaus. Uh, yeah, they come, out, they come out with the win. It's a close game, but, you know... Parkland's a decent team, so that that's that's a good game to go into playoffs with in your back pocket. Next up, we got Easton at Northampton. Easton jumped from a fifth seed to a three seed, and get that get that matchup against the sixth seed. And for that reason, I'm going with them. Yeah, they're rolling with some momentum right now, and they're on the up and up. And you know that can be tough to stop sometimes, especially in high school football. You know they're they're going to come into this game hyped. They're ready to compete. And I think that this is a pretty easy win for them. Yep. All right. So who did you have coming out of District 11? Not, uh, and don't say the District 12 team because I know. will not. <laughs> I chose the obvious answer, which is 
freedom. I went with Emmaus. I'm high on Emmaus right now. So I, I, I really like Emmaus' chances. I think they could be a real... I mean, they were ranked really high preseason, and they dropped a little bit. They stayed they stayed up there relatively. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with them. I think they got the potential. I don't have Emmaus going into the... The semifinals for District 11. You say I, they lose to Easton. Huh? I think they get upset by Easton. All right. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, I'm probably going to be wrong, but I might as well take a shot. And Easton will as well. All right, let's roll into District 12. We got St. Joseph's against Roman Catholic. In case you didn't know, Roman Catholic is 0-8, and they're playing St. Joseph's. Um, if this was a 60-point spread, I'd take the over. <laughs> wow. So, That's rough. <laughs> That I'm is going rough. with St. Joseph's here. Yeah. Uh, easiest pick on the board. Yes. I mean, if, if you... Yeah, this, this is just... This is almost too much to look at right now. The fact that Roman Catholic is a fourth seed just shows you how the playoff bracket can be a little deceiving based on what we typically imagine as... Um, a good team, which fourth seed would certainly be considered a good team in most instances, but not here, for for sure, not here. Yeah. Um, next up, we got LaSalle College at Father Judd. Father Judge or Father Judd? <laughs> Father Judge are the three seed, and LaSalle College is the two seed. They're both average, I'd say, and I pick LaSalle College just because of that winning tradition, but we all know they're definitely going to lose to St. Joseph's the week after because there's really only one good team in District 12 right now. Well, I think there's plenty of good teams, but I think there's one spectacular team, and uh, that, that was not LaSalle College, and for that reason, I'm picking the upset because I think that this is a winnable game for Father Judge. Sure, yeah. I, I don't think that's entirely likely, um, but I, I think that this is certainly one of the most reasonable upsets on the board, and for that reason, I'm taking it. All right, next up, we got the only team I can see playing it close with St. Joseph's, and I got it's George Washington against Kensington. We gotta play this thing three times. <laughs> All right, who do you got? George Washington. Yeah, I also got George I mean, Washington too. This is like you said, they're they're looking competitive in this side of the bracket. If anybody is going to give any sort of competition to St. Joe's, it's gonna be George Washington. They know that, you know. They're they're looking at this bracket and, and they're they're looking to that that final in District Eleven. Um, this this is a game that they're fully intending on in winning. All right, and next up we got Northeast as the three seed against Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, of course, wins. I want a Lincoln versus Washington playoff game. Yeah, that that would be awesome. Which I picked the upset later. I picked Lincoln over Washington because... So did I. Yeah. We both are high on Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> All right. Let's roll into... All right. Who did you have coming out of District 12 like it's even a question? Abraham Lincoln. I'm just kidding. St. Joseph's. <laughs> and then you had St. Joseph's versus Freedom. I had St. Joseph's versus... Emmaus, and I'm assuming we both pick St. Joseph's. That is very much true. <laughs> All right, let's roll into the district six, eight, ten, four, two. <laughs> and now this is the part that you've all been waiting for. What is State College's journey to the playoffs? Well, it starts right here with State College facing Mifflin County at Memorial Field, a one seed versus a two seed, but it's not nearly as close as those seeds would suggest because they are the only two teams from our district that are playing because Altoona was eliminated by us last week. Um, obviously, we're predicting a state college win. We already gave our score predictions. You knew it was coming. Um, moving on, because we've covered yes. the state college Mifflin County game in excess during yes. this episode. Uh, you've got McDowell and Taylor Alderdice. And Taylor for- Alderdice is the only team in their district. So I'm going with McDowell. They just came out of a pretty win against Erie, the rivals. And I, I'd like to see us play McDowell again in a sport other than baseball. So I I'm agree. picking them. <laughs> that That's that's a very reasonable opinion, and I agree. Uh, next, we've got Delaware Valley at Scranton. 
Delaware Valley is a good team. We've seen them compete well during the season. Scranton is... Eh. Scranton is worse than Williamsport. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> Delaware Valley, I think, wins this game. Easily, I think they're really the only good team in um, Districts 4 and 2. So, I'm going to pick them. Yes, easy decision here. Next, we've got Hazleton at Williamsport. Ooh, this Not is that, a f- it's just... Excuse yeah, me. Williamsport is three seed, Hazleton's two seed. So, but, yeah. Hazleton, Williamsport, I got Hazleton easy. Williamsport is just... That's a risky pick in right I, now. <laughs> I made the mistake of picking Williamsport for last week for some reason. Um, and just like Nathan, who refused to pick from Lifflin County after they burned him several times... I will refuse to pick for Williamsport, partially because they burned me and partially because they are very bad and probably are the farthest falling team that we've seen this year. I mean, to go from number five to where they're at right now is honestly impressive in the worst way. All right, so who did you have coming out of districts 6, 8, 10, 4, 2, and I think district... Uh, 13? <laughs> Whatever Taylor Alderdis is, I didn't list it in there. Uh, so who did you have coming out of those districts? I had State College area sweeping the board. I think Delaware Valley will give them a game, but uh, I don't think it'll be super close. So there's not really a team in 6, 8, 10, 4, 2 that scares you like State College does. So Absolutely. Um, you know, you see all these teams are kind of in the uh, no man's land of Pennsylvania. You know, they're not near Pittsburgh. I mean, Taylor Alderdis is in Pittsburgh. (laughs) They're the only public school in Pittsburgh that's a 6A school. Yeah. So. But the majority of these teams, they're not near Harrisburg, they're not near Pittsburgh, they're not near Philly. They're kind of around. Just like State College. And honestly, the only thing that is around in Pennsylvania that is not a major city is Penn State University. And guess where all that bring that draws a lot of talent let's just put it that way uh state college is a natural winner in this side all right and let's move into the funnest district of all because they got six teams and two of them got buys um so we won't pick the buys uh games but we'll pick the other ones we'll pick through seneca valley versus mount lebanon i i i like mount lebanon for this i know that's Bit of an upset. Uh, Seneca Valley has actually done better than we expected this year. They played it pretty close with some good teams. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling Mount Lebanon for this one. I'm not feeling Mount Lebanon. I've been high on Seneca Valley all year, and I'm going to keep going. I think Seneca Valley wins this game pretty easily. They're one of the upper echelon teams in District 7 in the Whippeal, and I'll go with them. Moving on, we got Central Catholic playing the sixth seed in Cannon McMillan. I got Central Catholic in this one pretty easy. Fully agreed. Uh, there's there's a very very correct opinion in my in my mind. Um, you know, Central Catholic is not nearly as good as we've seen in the past, but they have a tradition of excellence there, and when they get to the playoffs, they intend to do something with it. So, pick them. All right. Who do you have coming out of District 7? Obviously, we didn't talk about the big two. This is really a question of, when North Allegheny and Pine Richland play again, who wins that game? I pick Pine Richland because they're going to come very angry into that game, and I think they just pull out the win. They have, I think they have a more experience than North Allegheny does right now, so I'm going to go with them. They just, they just have one little slip-up, but... I'm looking for that State College Pine Richland rematch. You know, I I really my heart says North Allegheny, my mind says Pine Richland, and I'm going with North Allegheny because it's high school football, and high school football is all about heart. And you see teams that shouldn't do as well as you might expect do really well, and to me, the embodiment of that spirit in some ways is North Allegheny. All right, so you had State College area against North Allegheny. I had State College versus Pine Richland. Who won that game? State College. Why? Because (laughs) if I'm wrong about this, then I will care a lot more about the fact that State College lost than the fact that I was wrong on this podcast. So I'm going to just, you know, I'm basically um, 
taking all my bets, putting them in one pot, and just saying that I'm going to be extremely happy if State College wins, even though I don't think that is entirely likely. Uh, North Allegheny is amazing. So is Pine Richland. Either way, we're going to have a really tough game. But you know North what? North Allegheny sweeps the board. We got no chance. North Allegheny comes into that game super hot. There's no, there's no way. I'm thinking if it's a close fought game with Pine Richland, I can see maybe us have any chance. But they, they come out and dominate like they did last week against uh, Pine Richland. Um, there's no chance we win that game. No, none in the world. Uh, but I think Pine Richland versus State College. Pine Richland win that wins that game, and um, they move on to the final four. So who are your final four teams? All right, I've got on one side Coatesville and Harrisburg classic matchup, and on the other side I've got St. Joseph's and State College for some reason. All right, I have Coatesville and Harrisburg on one side, and then I have St. Joseph's and Pine Richland on the other side. Uh, who won your first semifinal game of districts one and three? All right, I've got Coatesville. Coatesville's hot. Harrisburg is also hot, but Coatesville has the mental advantage. And Coatesville <laughs> put a who's your daddy performance on him already this season. So I'm also going to take Coatesville in that game. You had St. Joseph's facing State College. Uh, what did Homer Nick pick in this one? Um, first of all, I accept, I accept <laughs> my new title. Um, here's the deal. I, I've already said that State College is going to be North Allegheny, all right? If you were to ask me... If we're good enough to be North Allegheny, we're good enough to beat St. Joseph's. <laughs> if I'm putting money, if I'm putting money on this bracket, honestly, I'm saying that North Allegheny beats us. I'm saying that St. Joseph's beats us. But I'm not putting money on it. Maybe we should change that. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that, and because I believe that miraculous things can happen in high school football, even if it's not likely... I've got to go with the shocker and pick State College for a historic upset of St. Joseph's, something that only happens one out of 50 years or so. Nathan's rubbing his head. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? Like I said, if State College gets blown out in these games, I'm not going to care about the fact that I made a wrong prediction on our podcast. So I might as well... Just pull everything together and take one shot. All right. Uh, I had St. Joseph's over Pine Richland get revenge for that championship game last year. And then I had Coatesville over St. Joseph's in the championship. Did you have State College beating Coatesville in the championship? Well, here's the deal. If I, I can't go back on this now. If I pick State College to beat North Allegheny, I have to pick them to win. That's That's how this goes. But in case you guys are wondering what my actual... Like if I were to put money on this bracket, if you're wondering what I would actually pick, um, it would be North Allegheny over State College, who then loses to St. Joseph's, who then loses to Coatesville. If I were to put money on this, I would say that Coatesville is the champion over St. Joseph's in the final. But I'm not putting money on it, so I'm going to stay at State College because that would be legendary. And I would love to see it. And I know that is completely illogical and homerish, but you know what? This is the State College Football Podcast, so I might as well have some faith. Alright, this is like when I pick Virginia Tech in the March Madness and pick them to win the championship, and I'm like, I justify it, I'm like, hey, if, if, if Virginia Tech wins it all and gets really lucky in eight straight games, um, I will not only be the richest man alive, I will also be the happiest man alive. So, um, no way. <laughs> but if we did, it would, it would be a miracle. I don't think we've played a team this year so far beside Harrisburg it's really top four caliber so and we saw if Harrisburg Harrisburg would have been a totally different game if we had James Bone and Isaiah Edwards I believe so maybe we win that game maybe we're super confident maybe we believe we can play with the top dogs and right now I could see it happening I wouldn't be surprised if it happened but I, it's not likely and that's why I'm going with Coatesville over St. Joseph's alright that's our super mega playoff preview uh, first round. We'll do this every round because we got no lives. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's the bracket. It's very difficult to understand, but 
once you see it a million times, you'll learn it pretty quickly. Yeah, oh. and if you want to see it a million times, you can check it out in the description, as Nathan said. Um, if you want to get updates about the game against Mifflin County, you can follow me at NickHaw75. If you want to complain about how awful my updates were, actually don't. If you really want to tell me how great my updates were, you can email me, nickhoss75 at gmail.com. Or you can email Nathan Grella at... Nathan Grella at gmail.com. Or you can find Nathan on Twitter at... Nathan Grella. Yeah, so <laughs> these are some of the many ways you can contact us. Um, alternatively, you could flag us down at school or any of that. If you see us in the halls, we'd love to talk to you. Um, I wouldn't love to talk to you. <laughs> okay, if you see me in the halls, I'll talk to anybody. You know that. If you see me in the halls, I'll be like, who are you? And then you'll say, I'll listen to the State College Football Podcast. And I'll be like, oh, cool. I do too. <laughs> wow. What a comeback. In any case, um, as Nathan said, this will be in the description. Uh, it'll be posted to westernpafootball.net. You can also check out Nathan's articles at westernpafootball.net. Unfortunately, I did not take any photos for the game against Cumberland Valley because it was a rainy mess and I didn't want to deal with it. And we also have a ton of photos for this year. But I plan on taking more this week against Mifflin County, so we will hopefully get those up on the Facebook page. And other than that, unless you have anything else to say... Nathan Lust pretty played a good game on Friday. I was just thinking of that. Very oh, Shout out to Nathan Lust. Yeah, shout out to Nathan he Lust. He was really he, good. <laughs> he had a pair, I believe, a pair of sacks, right? Yeah, he had some a couple big, sacks. Some, he was some good. tackles for loss. He was getting pressure against a very good offensive line. He's been playing well the last few weeks, but you know what? That's my prediction. Predictions, predictions, what are we predicting? Oh my gosh, Nathan Lusk, we almost forgot. Nathan Lusk will get three sacks and a touchdown this week. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's huge, dude. Oh, man. That's a lot. Shout out to predictions, predictions, what are we predicting? We haven't done it in a while, so what's your prediction? Before we sign off. Oh, geez. Okay, Um, my prediction is... That Shane Cole pancakes two separate people. And then commits to Waynesburg. Possibly. <laughs> he pancakes two two people and then he takes off his jersey and he's like, I'm going to Waynesburg. <laughs> and everybody in the stands is like, where? <laughs> so that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. So see you, everybody. This has been the State College Football Podcast. Go Little Lions.